this the 42nd edition of Sound Teaching, we continue our discussion of that practical epistle of James. In the first chapter, James calls us to self-control as well as action in our lives as his children. Nowhere is the practical nature of the epistle of James more evident than in the collection of instructions which begins in verse 19 and runs through the end of the first chapter. The commands of James in this passage can fall under two general headings. The first is self-control and the second is action. The two together are described as the practice of pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father. Verse 27. Let's talk first about self-control. James begins with a call to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Now that's perhaps easily said, but much more difficult to do. Perhaps that's why the writers, both in the New and Old Testament, spend so much time talking about the subject of self-control. This is especially true regarding the control of the tongue, that is, being slow to speak. Consider the proverb from Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. James himself spends a good portion of his epistle discussing the dangers of speaking rashly. At verse 26, he indicates the importance of bridling the tongue. In a future sound teaching, we will study the first 18 verses of the third chapter, which contains an extended discussion of the dangers of the tongue. But additionally, we must control our listening. We must be swift to hear. And our anger. We must be slow to wrath. James also preaches control in morals. He says that we're to lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Surely all can see that a man who is unwilling or unable to control his tongue, emotions, and lusts cannot expect to be pleasing to God. We must work to bring these aspects of our lives under the control of our Lord. What a wonderful thing to be able to say as Paul did in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What about action? James mentions the need for action in the Christian's life. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And that stands as perhaps the most practical charge in this whole book of advice. It should be carefully considered by all who profess the name of Christ. See, there are many who are trying to get by on the least amount of effort possible. They want to know the minimum aggregate of works necessary in order to secure for themselves the crown of life. These individuals are conspicuous because of the superficial nature of their service. Their attendance to worship is sporadic. Their Bible study outside the called assembly is virtually non-existent. Their contribution is given grudgingly and is never sacrificial. Their prayer life consists mainly of blessing the evening meal. Their relationship with other Christians is closer akin to that of a stranger than a brother or sister. And the Lord's command to seek and save the lost is seldom taken seriously. The church member who believes that an occasional warming of a church pew will reserve for himself a place with God in heaven is deceiving himself. God demands obedience. 
Now notice especially the call to action found in verse 27 of James chapter 1. It's no accident that the work most closely associated with pure and undefiled religion is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. An intense and difficult battle has been and continues to be fought over the role of the local church in caring for the indigent. We realize that benevolence in general is not a primary concern of the local church. In the New Testament, we see certain examples of limited benevolent endeavors in an attempt to help needy saints. But by and large, the local congregation was engaged in the greater work of serving the spiritual needs of man. And as such, we rightfully fight against the unscriptural organizations, the unauthorized cooperation of local churches, and the misuse of the treasury in the name of benevolence. But let us never allow this rightful defense of the truth to skew our thinking concerning the emphasis which God places on benevolence. Just because it's not a primary work of the local church does not mean it's not important. The responsibility of caring for others resides upon us as individuals. The man who believes that he has fulfilled James' requirements in James 1.27 because he puts $5 in the plate on Sunday and the church he is a member of supports an orphan's home, he's deceiving himself. God demands obedience, and the obedience is required of each of us individually. At the same time, a man must be careful not to be thinking himself righteous, since he understands the truth concerning these matters if he is not actively fulfilling his personal obligation in loving and caring for those in need. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation, or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.